0: (laughs) If you don't hear anything else this morning from me, if you don't see anything else today, please understand and know. Not because Matt said so or somebody at Connection said so, but please know this morning that God loves you just the way you are. But He just loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you in the gutters of life. We talked about this last week. He loves you in the gutters of life, and He loves you on the mission trip to a foreign country mountaintop. He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. I love that. Every time I watch that video at home, I probably watched that 20 or 25 times, and uh, oftentimes I would begin the video and say, okay, I'm going to try not to be emotional when I watch the video. I dare you. Go home and watch it. Concentrate on those words. And then I said, okay... The first time I played it, about halfway through it I was standing up walking around my kitchen table going, alright, good, preach, All right. <laughs> I was saying amen having a worship service in my house. Why? Because God's love met me in the gutters of life and one day, several days, many day, every day, God looks at me and He says, Matt, I love you just the way you are. But I just love you too much to let you stay there. And that's a challenge. That's tough because oftentimes when we have to get ourselves out of the gutter, when God gets us out of the gutter, guess what He has to do? He has to spray you off. You ever had a in my house? Whiffle ball was a huge deal. anybody ever hit a whiffle ball into the gutter? They're magnets, aren't they? They get in there all the time, and and maybe you hit a couple of them. Maybe you get two or three wiffle balls. Uh, One of my buddies was rich, and we based based our ideas of him being rich as he had more than two wiffle balls. He's a rich dude. Okay, that was growing up. But he, we, we hit, we hit some wiffle balls in the gutter. And if you forget about them, come springtime, your dad cleans out the gutter. He goes, hey, he throws it to me. I really didn't know what it was because it was kind of (laughs) green. It didn't look white. And He had to wash it off. But God takes us out of those gutters and He washes us off because He loves us. Not because of anything that you did. Not because of anything that I did yesterday or that you did yesterday or how you loved your neighbor. He did, he did it because He loves you. We are ending our sermon series on Love God, or Loving God, Loving Others, and there is not a better way to end it than in, when we're talking about impacting our community than what we talk about when we do our touch someone's life gift. We're going to get that in just a second, but I'll share with that in a second. But if you have your green worship handout and you turn it all the way over, or all the way open, I'm sorry, open it all the way up. You can see on the far right side, the baby dedication for the 19th. I need to know what service you want to come to, and if you have, if you have a child that you'd like to dedicate, or a baby, um, come and talk to me about that. Underneath that, the same day, March 19th, um, I'm trying to give you this stuff in advance in case you have family out of town or family that goes to different churches and they wanna, you want to you have them be here. March 19th is the day. Celebrate Recovery. And then it goes down on our website. Please check out. It's, it's becoming a more popular trend. Uh, push Pay is working very well. Uh, no hiccups at all. Uh, if you have any questions, come and talk to us. But it's just a different way. That we can give, but please, if a baby dedication in first step, I need to do some preparing for those classes. so if that's something that you want to do, come and talk to me. But I touch someone's life gift offering. If you're, if you're new to connection. Uh, we're not going to have you stand up. We, have, we don't desire to embarrass you, okay? but you are going to be new to this offering, and it happens on the fourth week of every month. that Connection takes an offering in popcorn bags. Yes, popcorn bags. Okay, Our other offering box is just in the back, and we don't normally pass a plate or anything, but this is Connection's asking for your change. Members of Connection. If you're visiting with us, man, just, just watch. Ladies, just watch. Uh, this is not an offering for you. So, what we're going to do is there's going to be some people that are going to pass some bags around. And if you have change and you want to donate, you can give some change. Um, and also this. Maybe you came here this morning and you thought, you know what? It's been a really rough week. Maybe you've been praying. You don't know, you don't know how God's going to meet a need in your life. And, and there's a lot of people in a lot of churches that, don't, that, that, that won't do this. But I'm going to tell you that the lead team has decided that this money is not ours. This money is God's, and if we can meet one of your needs this morning, we want to do that. If, it, if that offering bag goes by you, and you need $10 to fulfill a bill for the month, please take that out of there, okay? There's nobody in this room that's going to judge you for doing that. We just want to be able to minister to you, okay? So if you have we have the offering people ready, you guys can go ahead and start. Um, while, they're, while they're taking that, you hear a lot of rustling, a lot of bag passing, but... If you want to begin turning, uh, you can turn to John chapter 19 this morning and get, you can get there in your Bibles or your phones or your tablets. When you donate to this offering, this is, what, this, is what it, this is what it is. At the end of the service, we're going to give this away, by the way. And you've picked a spectacular Sunday to be at Connection. We're in our 9 o'clock service or our 11 o'clock service. They're both the same at the end of our service, we're going to do something really neat. We're going to give these, these bags away to people. They're going to Im- immediately impact our community. Uh, in fact, these bags are going to go somewhere pretty special. Um, uh, we've already, I've already talked to the people that are going to pass these out, and they're going somewhere really special. I think you'll find that as well. At the end of our service, we're going to take face down. Now, face down is what Connection calls the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, communion. And we do it a little bit differently. But I want to tell you right now that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have a relationship with Him, we invite you to take this with us. And just to realize how much, and we remember how much, from where God has brought us from as a celebration of His love for us. I don't know, maybe, maybe this morning you're sitting here and you know saying, you know what, I haven't, I, I haven't felt much love lately. I get it. We live in a really tough world. Maybe you you haven't been having a great time at school. I understand. Maybe you have some trouble with with your mate or relationships with other people. I get it. I really, really do. I don't just stand here and say that. I really understand what you're saying and what you're going through. I get it. This morning, we are going to look at what some people call uh, they can be very depressing verses. We're going to be in John chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verses 25, 26, and 27. I know some of you are going, three verses, that's it? Maybe we're going to be out here early. We'll probably be out here about the same time, okay? <laughs> and I really want to concentrate on this. In John chapter 19, in, in these three verses, starting with 25, we see that Jesus is in a not-so-comfortable place, and that's putting it extremely lightly. John chapter 19, verse 25, Jesus is hanging on a cross. On the cross. From a tree that in John 1, 1, He created. I think about that. And in this series, we've sought to, I've sought to teach about how we should love God first, and then that should spread out to our neighbors, to our community, outwardly. Our love of God should flow out. I want to take a minute, just a second. And I have a hard time doing this because if connection people knew I was going to do this, some of them wouldn't even come today or sit in here. They'd, they'd, they'd serve in another capacity, so they don't hear me say this. And I mean this very genuinely, but I mean it with a whole bunch of love. I'm proud of the people of this church. It is, it's unreal that we, that we see the things that God is doing. Some of you, some of you liked and shared posts on Facebook. Uh, please do that. We can get the word out about what's going on in our church. But I posted on Facebook that, that God, is, God is moving. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes we can't see God moving. Because maybe, maybe we, in, in our life and relationship with, with Him, it's our time to be patient. But keep in mind that God never stops moving. And He is moving in a way in in Jefferson County that I couldn't be more excited to be a member of His team. Things are going well in Jefferson County. God is moving. But the people of connection, I saw this week how you carry yourself outside of church. And I know some of you are going, where did He see me? I'm not going to tell you that. Walmart has, like, secret shoppers. I'm, like, ninja shopper. Okay? Bearded ninja shopper. So, but I saw people from Connection in the way that they carried themselves. I saw people outside of church that are Connection people that sought to love people that aren't really nice. Ooh. Because we like doing that, right? And I, and I appreciate the way that the people of Connection understand They understand this. If you're new to Connection, maybe it's your first time visiting, you are possibly sitting beside a Connectionite person. That's what we call ourselves. A Connectionite people. And you might be sitting beside somebody that does not have it all together. This church is not for perfect people because those people don't exist. This This is a church for broken people. People that need God. They give time, money, and effort to attend church, connect groups, other activities. I just want to say thank you because i physically heard from a person that does not go to connection how connection this week has impacted their life. And you will never know who you are. So just celebrate together. It was just all of you. It was, it is God moving in ways that we just can't, we just, we just be, we're, we're to be faithful so John chapter nineteen verses twenty five through twenty seven Jesus is on the cross, and we 're told of many people that are there, okay, but to be specific there, there was there was crowds around the cross, but to be specific theological people, people study theologians, people that study this they said it 's really difficult more than one person can say this it 's very difficult to tell you. In a great scale, who exactly was there? And as we look, there's going, be, there's going to be Mary, Jesus' mom, Mary, Jesus' aunt, and Mary, Magdalene. And one theologian is really funny and he says, we just can't tell you that because we have no idea who is Mary and who. So there's, there's all kinds of Marys. But we're told of, we're told of Mary, 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 and John. The only non-Mary. <laughs> Why was John important? John is the, this is the same John that Jesus calls His beloved. This is the same John that probably reclined next to Jesus during the Lord's Supper. This is the one that Scripture says the disciple in which Jesus loved. This is a special dude. He's special. He was in Jesus' one, intimate circle of twelve, but He was in another, like the Holy of Holies in friendship. Okay, Like the old temple, He was in the Holy of Holies. And when we pick this verse, these verses up, these people are standing at the foot of the cross and elevated above them is the Savior of the world. With the blink of an eye or a word of speech, scripture said he could have called down legions of angels, and you and I don't want to know what he would have done. (laughs) He could have evaporated the earth, he could have destroyed everything, he could have pulled himself off, but he didn't. And at this point, Jesus is nearing the end of his life. He's been beaten, smacked, punched, mocked. You know, I I joked earlier that we have a beard. If you ever have, if you ever have, uh, Ladies, if you've ever been shaving your legs with a really dull razor and you catch it and it pulls hair, it feels real good, right? Uh, guys, if it, I, one time I was trimming my beard, obviously not lately, but I was trimming my beard and the batteries ran out of my trimmer about right here. You didn't even want to know. I mean, I, I literally, I held it in there until my charger would charge it up, then I kept going. It was bad. But listen, the, Jesus would, ha, would have had chunks of his beard just ripped out of his face. He's marred in Scripture. He, he's not recognizable. Scripture says that he's hanging here like this. And he, he, you can't even recognize who it is. Maybe you've seen a fight between a couple people or more than two people in your life and, man, that guy really got messed up. Listen, you've never seen anything like this. You could still tell who that person was. Scripture says that Jesus' flesh hung like ribbons. You do that. You do that picture. Okay? I've seen the Passion of the Christ movie Once. Because once was enough for my mind. I kept screaming. I left the movie theater with clenched fists. (laughs) I was like, just quit! It's enough! And to think that Mel Gibson put enough torture that represents the Bible is probably not even accurate. So he's hanging here. And he was literally giving up his life at the very last stages. Now listen... He's hanging here. If his skin is hanging like ribbons, he has he has nerves that are exposed everywhere in his body. You ever trim your fingernail too short? Get into the quick of your finger, really sore. Or you get a hangnail and pull it. imagine that just all over your body. Ever, ever, the wind, the wind would have probably touched some of those nerves and just set him into a pain frenzy. We see in this, in this location in Scripture, Jesus is getting ready to die, but in death He shows us how to live. This is incredible. You and I, you and I do not function this way. Jesus had a job to do, and He was up here and He's going, listen, He goes, alright guys, and He's going to talk to them. But even in death... Jesus teaches us how to love. I know this is getting repetitious, and I know that you've seen this before, but if you open it up to the first blank, I want you to look at this. Fill in these blanks, if you will. Just turn in your first handout or your first page of your worship handout. You see this all the time at Connection. We even have it on shirts. But we must learn how to love like Jesus. Now, this is there's a cool word in here. You know, connections, it, it, It's we become friends with, with all people living and loving like Jesus. Okay, but here's the key word: you have to learn. Some of you, many of us, raised in a church completely not like this. Now, some of you and your brother are going, Amen, I know. Hey, listen, I get it. I get it. I understand. This is different. But we must learn how to love like Jesus. There are some people in here that are, that are on a journey that are much past somebody that's just beginning that journey. You know what your job is as a mature person on that journey? To teach this one. See, it's not just me. Other people come into other people. You teach them. That's why connect group discussions are such a good opportunity for people to put into other people. For people to, to see what God has done in their life. So we have to learn because it's a progression. We have people that work on uh, really, really big time um, just power wires and electricity and just incredible wattage and just, just incredible amounts of power. I talked to one of them Wednesday night and I said, I said, yeah, they just let you do your job and just walk all over wherever you wanted second day on the job? <laughs> no. You have to learn, right? Why, why, do, why do we even have spring training? So, we can, so, one that, so they can play more ball, but other the, the team can mesh. They have to learn one another. They have to learn when this guy goes over four, he's really not, he's really not good to talk to, right? Uh, we, we, they, the pitchers have to learn, this guy can hit my curveball really well, but he can't hit this. See, we, we all have to learn. Some of us don't act like we used to. Some people in here are going, Amen. Some people in this room don't act like, don't talk like. They used to. And some of us, maybe we're better than yesterday, but we just got some room to improve, right? Listen, as far as you are in this journey, if you talk to somebody that's really honest, they'll say, I'm not done learning. It's said that it's very healthy as a teacher in a school. it's It's really important that you learn something new every day. You learn something new every day. Look with me with John John 20, or chapter 19, verses 25, 26 and 27. Oh, here's the scene. Standing near the cross, where Jesus' mother, that's Mary. That's, that's Luke chapter two. Jesus' mom, Mary. His mother's sister, so his aunt, the wife of Clopas. Why would they include wife of Clopas? Because the Bible is specific. And when you can get that specific with details, you know what that makes it probably? True. (laughs) When you can get exactly, exact details. And Mary Magdalene, we're going to get back to her in just a second, but at 26, when Jesus saw His mother standing there beside the disciple He loved, He said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And in verse 27 He says, And He said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. So we see Mary, 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 and John. Mom, aunt, follower. Mary Magdalene was a follower. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a Bible scholar, you know a lot about the Bible, we're going we're gonna to come back to the story of Mary Magdalene and why she's probably here. And it's really, really important. The thing about this is, John was the only one that they would have cared about being close to Jesus. They wouldn't even have noticed the ladies. The ladies were property. You're not that way, and I'll show you that. Jesus, even in Jesus' time, right in this time, Jesus was speaking against that thought. Because the guards have been standing here right now, and there could have been 50 ladies just walk by to get to the cross, and they just let them go. No problem. They're property. They're, in, their, in their eyes, they're, they're for child rearing, and that's it. Period. They're property, they're bought and sold. Okay? But here we see Jesus paying very special attention while everybody is looking around and these guards are trying to keep the crowds back. Jesus takes this opportunity to speak to his mom. And if you want to talk about humility, in verse 27, I'm sorry, in verse 26 it says the the disciple that that he loved. Okay, now watch this. Does John know who this is? Yeah, it's him. It's him. He doesn't even include... John wrote this. It's his account. Okay? He doesn't even say, you know, Jesus loved me more than anybody else. it's It's not mentioned. Okay? But Jesus takes his time to look at his family. And even in death, he was teaching them how to live. Maybe you've had somebody like that in your life. In death, they've really been able to talk. If it was a process, they've been able to talk to you about how to live. Don't make some of the mistakes that I did. Do this differently. Always do this. Never go to bed mad. Ever heard that? Don't go to bed mad. Giving you different pieces of advice. And Jesus gives these people specific advice. Look at your next blank on your handout. It says this. It says to love like Jesus... We must learn to take care and love, care of and love our family. In death, even in death, getting nails driven through probably his his radius and ulna on his wrist, sending it right through. All you got to do, and this is not for right now, but if you have a sharp nail, or even if you don't have a sharp nail, okay, Jesus probably got the nails driven through here in between the bones, so he would it would hang because it's bone support. All you got to do is take your thumb, put it just right here about an inch and a half above your wrist, and just push in, and you can just understand the amount of pain, the amount of nerves endings that are in your wrist. Just what kind of pain this guy is, we we can't imagine. But even in death, he takes time to say, family. He's dying, he's giving up his life, and he says, listen, I want to teach you something. Want to teach you how to take care of each other. Look at what Jesus says in John 19.25. Just go back in your Bibles. A couple of verses. John 19.25. I, I want you to see this. I want, you, I want you to grasp what's going through their head. First of all, standing near the cross where Jesus' mother... If you look back in Luke chapter 2 and you look at the birth of Jesus, you'll see something very, 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 very beautiful hidden almost in Scripture. It's everybody was making a big to-do about Jesus coming, which was, was, was granted. It, was, it, it should have happened. And it says, But Mary... She pondered on all the things that were happening and she would store them in her head. Why? I really sincerely believe that she understood that he had a job to do, and it would not always be of joy. And it was probably during this time that she was thinking back to, I know you got... This is the same probably 12 or 14 year old girl that that God came to the angel and said, Mary, God has found favor in you. This is not not a weak woman. This is a spiritual giant at the age of 12 or 14 in in Jewish culture. Okay? Okay? She's a follower. She is submissive. And she takes this time during the birth of Jesus and Mary pondered these things in her heart. And probably during these things, these things were coming back out. God, I know that you have a plan. Have you ever been going through something that's really, really tough? And you just start, God, I know that you're in control of this. I know that you're in control of this. I know you'll take care of me. You ever said stuff like this? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. She's watching her son die on a cross. And she knows... That he made it. He made, he grew the tree. And I love this. I love this song. My mom and dad used to sing it. He grew the tree that he knew would be made into an old rugged cross. He knew it. He knew it. So standing near the cross, we see Mary, Jesus' mom, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. Again, what? I don't. I. I hey. Mary, the wife of Clovis, is important because it's specific. If you want to bring me a handheld, that's fine. The wife of Clopus is very, 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 very important because Mary was a common name. Clopus? probably not. If you are, we are doing a child dedication. If you are thinking, if maybe if you guys are looking to have children, thank you, buddy. If you, if you guys are looking to have children, if you're looking to have children, look at Clopas. You can not imagine? Man, imagine. I would love to coach a kid from third base in baseball and go, Alright, Clopas, let's go, boy! <laughs> Seriously! no one this is a very this is a very very probably during this time not a very common name okay so we have Mary 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 Mary, but we have this mary they 're specific jesus 's mother, the wife of Clopas, and then we have this Mary Magdalene girl I want to give you a verse of scripture here in a second and if you and if you want to if you want to uh, you look it up later. You can. Um, it's, the, the Scripture is Luke 8.2. Luke 8.2. And, and this is very important because of Jesus' talking about women. Jesus empowered women. He said that they were important. He always talked to His disciples Se- several times. You can look at His, disciples, His mentoring sessions with His disciples, and it often leads to talking about ladies. Jesus had His feet anointed with oil, by a woman. Who were the first people to get to the empty tomb? Women. Mary Magdalene we see. Luke 8.2 says this. You don't have to turn there, but you can look at it later. Listen to this. Along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom Jesus had casted out seven demons. Why was she there? Because she understood she owed everything she had to him. You also see Mary Magdalene sprinting towards the tomb three days later. This lady understood what it meant to be completely forgiven, she followed Jesus to his death. Yet this society wants to say that women are not important, yet Jesus is on the cross and He's giving them the importance they deserve. Loving like Jesus means anybody, anywhere, anytime. They're in this inside circle. Probably there's guards over here, and there's crowds, and we hear about the crowds mocking Jesus, telling Jesus, "Hey, come on down from the cross if you're who you say you are." See this? The, the mom and the aunt we could get, okay? That's why they're there, okay? But Mary Magdalene, why why are you here? Can you imagine the testimony of this woman? Just think about this. You can, you can use demons and inter- interchange it with your stuff today. We say, I, I was going through life and I had absolutely zero hope. And I met this man. <laughs> Some of your testimonies go like this. I met this man called Jesus. And He changed my life. So she's here. She has nothing to lose. Jesus is her Lord. She has nothing to lose. No problem in following Him. And she follows them, she follows Him through the streets through the punching and the beating and the, and, the, and the flogging, down the road, up the hill, when they hammered the nails into His arms, when they sank the bottom of the cross into the, into the ground, she was there and then she moved closer at His feet. Listen, this isn't nice. His feet were bloody. His whole body was bloody. It wasn't a nice scene, yet Mary Magdalene didn't matter. I'm going to be here because of what you've done for me. Sometimes you go to a visitation or a funeral of somebody that made a giant impact in your life. It's the same thing. Same thing. Giant. Transformational. In this painful time, Jesus... This is incredible. You, you can be around people that are close to death. Sometimes their mind goes. Okay? It's just a fact of our life. It's the way that we're, it's the way that we're at work. It, now Watch. Jesus never loses full control of His mind. Not one time. Never. Never. He keeps instructing. He's dying. His percentage of life is going down, yet He keeps teaching. Keeps teaching. He keeps it up and He keeps it up. He never lost His mind. Look at verse 26. And we see this teaching. Look at this. When Jesus saw His mother standing there beside the disciple He loved... Very humble. The disciple he loved. It was John. It's the author of this book. That's him. He could have said, and I was standing next to Mary. Instead he says, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here's your son. This is the the important part. Mary and Joseph had more kids than just Jesus. Jesus had brothers. Okay? Now watch. Watch. Shouldn't this be the responsibility of Jesus' brother? Do you probably know why not? Why he didn't? Because they weren't there. Or they were too far away to hear the instructions. The disciples aren't here. Where are they at? They locked themselves in a room. They're hiding. In their mind, they're going, if they did this to our leader, what are they going to do to us? So they hide and they think, we're going to escape everything. Well, the problem is three days later, if you, knew, if you know the story, they have the door locked. All of a sudden, Jesus' body is not carnal anymore, it's a, it's a heavenly body, and he comes through. And, he's, and the scripture said he's standing in their presence, and they didn't unlock the door. And they're hiding, and he says, What are you doing? Who are you? Jesus saw His mother standing beside the disciple He loved. He said to her, Dear woman, here's your son. Here's why. His brothers probably weren't there. The disciples probably weren't there. Where's Joseph? He's dead. He's been dead several years. This isn't something... Listen! This isn't something lightly. If you've taken taken a loved one into your home, you understand this. This is a big undertaking. This is not something that's small. He's asking a follower of him because he has such a relationship with him he's saying i trust you take care of my mom she's now your mom you're now her son take my place is what he's saying this is this is just this is this is unreal Huge responsibility. Biblically speaking, historically speaking, after this, this wasn't a week long thing. Mary lived for about 11 to 12 more years from this, depending on the date that Christ was, died, that he was he was killed, that He gave up His life on the cross. Mary probably lived 11 or 12 more years. She died in 41 AD. I know some of you are going, well, that was 30 or 33. Listen, <laughs> there's just discrepancies, okay? But she lived 11 or 12 more years. No pressure, but John did this just because Jesus said, here, do it. Look in the Scripture. John is not a teenager. He's also a more mature follower. Even immature followers, even mature followers sometimes, we do this thing that we really don't like to admit, but we do it in our head. Even if we don't do it out loud, we argue. But, 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 but. I'll take out the trash, but. But. I'll give you gas money, but... No arguing. Absolute, complete, and total acceptance. Why? Because Jesus had made that kind of a difference in John's life also. He's, he's changed him completely. But he talks about his family. Jesus gives special attention to these women... Why would he need to take care of Mary? She's a widow. There's scripture that says, take care of widows and orphans. They're not going to have a job. They're not going to have income. They're treated as property. So Jesus in death says, John, take care of my mom. He would have understood this completely. Move into his house, taken care of. Even in death. Look what Jesus did on your handout. Look at the next blank. Look at this. It says, Jesus loved by giving attention to His family. It was difficult in 30 to 35 A.D. It's still difficult in 2017 to give attention to your family. But that's how we say, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, we live in love like Jesus. Okay. Be careful what you say because the words that you are saying have direct and totally deep complications. To love like Jesus means there is, there is no um, there's no thinking someone is better than another one. The way that Jesus loved was not racist. Listen, Jesus, gave, Jesus asked for water from a person that He should have never talked to in the Samaritan woman. People are people. That's what Jesus is saying to us. People are people. And Jesus loved by giving attention to His family. Specific attention. He took care of His mom. This is a big deal. Listen, my mom, if something happened to my dad, I would take care of my mom. You get this? I'd take care of her. But Jesus, even in death, He said, listen man, you've got to take care of her. And no no, uh, no, buts, no complaining, nothing. John just did it. What kind of world would we live in? What kind of community would we have if the followers of Jesus, when God said something, we just said, okay. Seriously, how would He be able to move? Do you get this? I'm not calling you out. I'm on this boat with you. But what if every time God says, I need you to do this, we just said, okay. And we were completely surrendered and would say... Something from the Old Testament. Here I am. Send me. You want me to do that? Okay. Am I the right person for this job? Okay. Okay. Not only did Jesus pay attention to His family, He also did this. Look at the next blank. He also, he also did this. Look at this. He loved by meeting practical needs. Mary needed a home. She was going to need food. She needed taken care of. She was a widow and she couldn't work to have money, so John was going to take care of her. Practical. Practical. He loved by meeting practical needs. What better way can we send a practical need meter out in our community, or around community, than giving someone the means to meet a practical need with, with money this morning? How, how, how better is that? How much... How much we, we're going to meet physical, practical needs by sending people out of here to their communities, wherever they live, that today, and they're going to be able to meet needs. Why do we do that? Somebody a lot higher than us told us to. Widows, orphans, meet the needs of these people. Practically, spiritually. Jesus and John took care of His mom. This was relevant. It was a need. Look at verse 27. Oh, this is awesome. And he said to his disciple, here's your mother. Now growing up in my house, I have several non-blood brothers. Anybody? You have several friends, you just consider them brothers. And my mom has several children that she's never given birth to. Right? Is some, is some of you familiar with this? There would be, there'd be guys coming over, guys that were in my wedding, guys that I played baseball with. They are just considered my mom and dad's extra kids. My grandparents were the same way. If you, if you have a family like this, it's, it's, it's similar, but it's fun. He says, here's your mother. And from then on, his disciple took her into his home. John doesn't even talk back. We're not told that he even says yes. It was assumed that, he, that Jesus had just understood this is, this is the way it's going to go. John, take care of mom. He just moves over. and they begin, to, they begin to weep and be sorrowful together at this process. This was, this was a huge need. He was meeting practical needs. He was meeting spiritual needs. No hesitation, no arguing, no fussing. His brothers. We're not told that they're there. Th- th- these are the natural progression. If 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 the oldest brother, Jesus is the oldest brother, because Mary was the virgin when she had him, okay, so he has to be the oldest. He has younger brothers. This falls like this, vertically down, to the next one in line. And they're not here. Otherwise, it would be their job. What an opportunity did they miss out on? What? So he entrusts his beloved friend, who has, like Mary Magdalene, followed him to the cross. There would have obviously been a time of sorrow, a time of grief... Can you imagine? I don't think there's ever been a spiritual roller coaster like the, like the life of Mary. You have, this, you have the Savior of the world. You give birth to the Savior of the world. It's been done once. That's it. You follow Him through His life and it just seems to coast. We're not told a whole lot. He worked as a carpenter with his dad. He was an apprentice. He became a carpenter. Then at 30-ish, he starts a three-year ministry in which he literally proclaims to be the Son of God. People don't like that. They hang Him on a tree. He dies at between 33 and 34 years old, probably. He says, Here's your mother. Her emotional roller coaster has gone all the way to the bottom when she sees her son hanging on a cross. But Jesus is preparing her for the upswing. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. And I'm sending John to help you. Took care of the practical stuff. He also took care of this. Look at the next blank in your worship hand out. We can, lo- we can love like Jesus by supporting others emotionally. That's why John was there. Emotionally. You imagine dinner after about six months when Jesus passed away. See, the cool thing is, Mary would have missed physically having her son there. But she only really missed him for three days. <laughs> See, she knows where he went. This is this is also transferred over into our lives. If we have a family member that dies and they're a follower of Jesus Christ, yes there's a time of mourning, but yes, there's a time of, you know what? I'm okay with this. Everybody that's experienced a couple years of life understands that it goes really fast. We're not here very long. We're to make a difference, we're to spread the gospel and then to earn our our reward that will last forever but there was going to be a time that John needed to meet the emotional needs of Mary for three days it would have been horrible was, he, was this all a dream listen she would have questioned all kinds of stuff is he really planning on coming back then three days later when Jesus appears some more, and during this time this 40 days that he was here he appears to over 500 people he eats with them here's a hint on that Ghosts is what they, they, people like to say. That Jesus was a ghost. You Study any ghost that you want; they don't eat. But it's scripture. It says that Jesus ate. Ghosts don't eat. Why? They, don't, they have no reason to. Jesus ate in his heavenly body, and he met these needs. Shortly after the scripture in verse in verse thirty, very very shortly. Verse 30, Jesus utters these words as it is finished. And man didn't kill him. Jesus gave up his life on the cross. Till the very last moment he could have pulled himself off the cross. But it wasn't, it wasn't the sin that held him there. It was his love for us. Because he looked forward. Remember, last week, he didn't die for your best day. He looked forward in the in future and he looked at you in the gutter and he died for you anyway. See, I can't fathom this love. But when we take face down in just a minute, it's an opportunity for us to remember how good God is. Maybe you haven't reflected on that very in the near in the near past. Reflecting on how good God is. Get a piece of paper. Write down all the things that God has given you just today. Did you wake up? <laughs> He had accomplished what He set out to do. And He had given His life so that we may live even in our death. This is why we take face down. I have some song lyrics. It's off a song that was not very popular on the radio, but lyrically one of the most challenging, uplifting, amazing worship songs I've ever heard in my entire life. We're going to admit minute. We're going to take bread we're going to pull it off of a loaf and we're going to dunk it into some juice and we're going to eat it. Or you can take it back to your seat. The bread represents the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross for us. The juice represents His blood that was spilled for us to pay for our sin. That we can ask Him into our life. But listen to these lyrics. Listen to this. As you remember what Jesus did, the lyrics say this, I never knew death could be so sweet. I never knew surrender could feel so free. I've never seen such meekness and majesty, but the blood of Jesus that was bled for me. Now I'll sing freedom for all my days. It's only by the power of the cross that I'm raised. The King of glory rescued me. Now listen to these words. How beautiful the blood flow! See, and, and it, you, if you were there, you think, this is, this is it. And Jesus is up there. He goes, huh. in a minute, it's going to be everything that you need. Ever. This is how beautiful the blood flow, how merciful the love shown. The King of glory poured out. Victorious are we now. Why does God love us? Because He loves us. I can't explain it with my finite little mind. He loves us because He loves us. Our people are going to be coming down uh, to the front on both sides for a face down. If you guys want to come ahead. There's going to be one in the back. There's going to be one group here and one group here. I just want to ask you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you consider yourself a Christian. He's come into your life and forgiven you of your sins. Please come and take this with us today. We're going to listen to a video while we do this. I'm going to have them bring the lights down just a little bit. You can still see the walk. I want this to be a very, very solemn time. Maybe you want to wait for 30 seconds before you come. Fine. Reflect on what God has done and how good He is. Go ahead. You just bring that down, yeah. I don't think I'll ever, I hope I don't. I don't think I will. But I remember, I love to say this. I remember when we took some of our very first face downs, and in a few months we're going to be 10 years old as a church. But I remember some of those first couple years, we needed about half a cup of juice and a couple of biscuits for people to take face down in our church. And now we have three. Just the people that that God has moved. The the people that God's changed their life. We we have people in this room that are not the same people they were last week, let alone ten years ago. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that beautiful blood. And that seems so weird to say, but listen, without that beautiful blood, you and I don't have a chance. We don't have a prayer. You and I can't be that good. So Jesus said, I know that you can't be that good. I'll be that good for you. And I'll give up my life for you. So that one day we can spend eternity together. Can you imagine? Can you imagine as you exit this this life and enter into the kingdom of heaven? (laughs) Wow. You get to meet your Savior face to face. I have a trouble I have trouble meeting Jesus face to face because I think I'm gonna be face down on the floor. Because I own everything that I have. Everything. The good days and the bad I own absolutely everything. Because yes, I'm a guy, but I'm a whole lot like Mary Magdalene. God changed my life. This morning the nickels and the dimes came to two hundred and thirty-five dollars and sixty-one cents. So we're going to pray over these two bags. They're $117.80 uh, piece. So, Maddie and Morgan, would you guys come up? There's that. Take one of those apiece. There we go. And take them to high school and college and see what God can do with it. As we leave, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your week. I understand that there's people that are battling a lot of sickness. There's a lot of stuff. There's also physical sickness, but there's also spiritual sickness. There's also stuff that... This world is a battlefield for things that we can't see spiritually. We're being fought over all the time. All the time. It's not just a myth about good and evil. Satan can't mess with God so he messes with what God loves and that's us and he tells you lies and he tricks you and maybe some of you are having that problem maybe, maybe you believe some stuff for a long time maybe you're having some stuff that's in, involved in your life and you just want rid of it I want to pray for you I don't, I'm not going to call you out I just want you to lift your hand whenever I have everybody everybody bow their head if you have something going on in your life I'm going to agree with you in prayer I'm going I'm I'm to ask God I don't know your need it doesn't matter to me God does I'm just going to ask Him to work in your life. and As we as a group of people, you're not going to be able to see the hands. Just just agree with me in prayer. Okay, the Scripture says. Okay, let's let's bow our heads. If you need prayer, I just ask you to lift your hand. Thank you, thank you. I see those. God, we just ask You. Now, First of all, let me back up. Thank You for being You. Thank You for sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross. For somebody that should have lived in the gutter their whole life. I don't deserve to call you Father. We don't deserve to pray to you. We don't deserve to have you move. But you love us because you love us. Because you love us. As followers of you, God, we are able to inherit the greatest inheritance that has ever existed. Through your Son. And there are people in this in this congregation, God, and me and myself, there are things that are going on right now. There is spiritual stuff going on. There is emotional stuff. There is marital stuff. God, I ask You right now, as we all agree in prayer, God, that You just send Your Holy Spirit, God, into these people's lives. God, that You just infest these relationships with You with good And God, that we can go out into a community that doesn't know You and share and proclaim how good You are. You are good. You can't be anything else. You're the essence of good. And God, we thank You for sending Jesus to be good when we couldn't... It's in Jesus' high, lofty, and powerful name that we pray. Amen.